when you are in control of it, it's one thing. When it's brought upon you, it's another. So I would say like the pandemic brought it upon us. It's one thing when you want to break it. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like this color. I don't like how it's, you know, it's not moving fast enough. But when something's put upon you to make to make you, um, force you, if you will, you then really see the, the great um, innovation that, that thrives out of that to see what we can redevelop or reimagine. Welcome to Forward with NACI. Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm Rebecca Corbin, President and CEO of the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship. And I have a wonderful NACI champion in our studio today. She's got a very wide background. She does a lot of um, sales. She's a person of, of inspiration and of, I will say glamour, because every time I see her, she's looking very fabulous as she is today. So welcome to our program, Sonia uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Becky. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm doing really well. It's our our podcast recording day, so we always get to talk with really interesting people doing interesting work. So maybe we can begin there. Uh, you can introduce yourself to our audience. Maybe talk about a little bit of, of your background. You know, coming into young adulthood, how that really set the stage for uh, the career that you have today. Sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you. And it's an honor to be here and, and chat with you about, you know, I guess my journey uh, and it's coming coming here um, into and, and learning about NACI. But my my background, um, I can tell you I'm first generation American, born in um, Brooklyn, New York. My parents are from the island uh, west in the Caribbean, the island of Trinidad and Tobago. They came to this country with, like everybody else, hopes and dreams and making a better life for themselves and their families. And uh, my father worked in Brooklyn and um, my journey to Florida, I'll just start there. I don't think you want to hear all the years in New York, but my journey to Florida (laughs) uh, came when my father's plant in um, New York closed because of um, moving the plant to Mexico. And he was about, I think, 55 or so. And you know, he had to, I guess, so in so many words, reinvent himself. And my father was always someone that was always doing something. Um, he had his job and always doing something else, uh, if you will, uh, to take care of uh, my mom, my sister and I. Uh, when we moved to Florida, I think I was 13. He decided that he was going to work for himself. And he kind of sat us all down and said, you know, if we're going to live in Florida. We're going to have to make X number of dollars. And he bought a Lucite business. At 13, I can say you don't really want to be with your parents 24 hours, you know, not 24 <laughs> hours, but all the time making stuff. But we were making and building, buffing with this Lucite. And uh, we we began with, you know, I, I want to say the the salt of, of, of what entrepreneurship is at times is just trying something, see if it works and, or see if it fails. And my um, my mom and I, we, we we like I said, we made candlestick holders, um, picture frames, clocks. And then my mom, we took picture. Remember, this is like 1987. So we took a picture. We had to go get the picture um, developed, and we made a photo album of which we then went and cold sale cold sales door to door in our neighborhood and um in Florida and that I tell you at 13 it's tough it's you get used to what most salespeople get you know the nose slam the door in the face kind of thing um and then on the weekends we went to the flea market and and sold you know sold items so that's where my journey in in Florida and and just having that 
I guess, resilience and persistency. I, I do want to say at the time as a young adult, I surely didn't appreciate it. I probably <laughs> wanted to go play or, you know, do other things kids did. And we still had that as, as kids. I, I'm not saying we didn't, but definitely I think it helped my sister and I to build that level of resiliency and persistence no matter what situation uh, gets presented to us. With that being said, I'm also first generation. My family go to college. Uh, I had to navigate that myself. And I found, you know, uh, with Pasco Hernandez State College, a very college that I work for, um, um, this year is going to be my 29th year. Um, I find that I um, enjoy and still enjoy, even though I'm probably more on, on, on the, you know, management side, executive side with a lot of policy and procedure. But all in all, the essence of, for me, the college experience is helping folks navigate this system. It's a system. You have to learn to navigate it to be successful and, you know, advocate for oneself. So, my years here have have been extremely uh, gratifying, and and I I still can't believe I'm in my 29th year, um, and I I have to say maybe right around right be, right just shortly before the pandemic, um, my my college president Dr. Tim Beard, uh, he was uh, looking at or thinking about or looking at an idea of a corporate college, and I I wrote a, a white paper. And uh, did some with my um, institutional effectiveness dean, did some data about our region, our counties, and what, what we want to project to see and how PHSC can be that uh, influencer of innovation in our in our counties and in our districts. And so we um, began that journey um, in early 2020. And of course, like most institutions and most places, the pandemic hit and uh, we had to, you know, pivot, adjust, or, you know, re- re- readjust and, and do those things. And we've, but we've continued to you know, go go right ahead. And, and I have to say, that's when we joined NACI was um, February of 2020. And um, oh it's my been... gosh, so that was your pandemic project, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I... the podcast was NACI, one of NACI's pandemic projects. And, you know, it, it's interesting, because I think, to some degree, the pause caused us to kind of evaluate and and reflect. But I want to go back for a second because I, I, I didn't know your whole story before. I knew a little bit of it, but it strikes me, you know, your dad is sort of the uh, consummate tinkerer, you know, and a lot of the work um, that we've been doing um, at our association, which serves community colleges in the entrepreneurial, but also the innovative space is really trying to figure out how can we take principles of entrepreneurship and innovation and help our students succeed, regardless of what program they're in. If they're traditional college transfer students, if they're um, in a vo- what used to be called like vocational or technical education. And I, I think about you and, and the experience that you had, which in a way is almost like experiential education, you know, go to the flea market, you know, sell your candlestick, sell your, I mean, can't you imagine, like, I can imagine assigning that to a class to do, like, you have to make the thing, then you have to like, figure out where are you going to sell it? How are you going to advertise it? And, and your story, Sonia, is really interesting because the research bears out a lot of entrepreneurial people come from families uh, that could be ag entrepreneurship or, you know, like in New York, it could be a more urban setting. And as you, a little bit more that I know about your story. So as you, you know, were first generation, you got into college, um, you had that experience. What prompted you to keep going? Because obviously you had to continue on and get additional degrees to do the work that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about the higher ed path and what, what did you have to learn in a graduate program to really help you be the leader that you are today. Oh, sure, sure. So I, you know, as you said, I went to college. I, my college is here, um, and then I had a great opportunity here 
to build something at the institution, which was, uh, we called our information center. But back then, in two, two, I don't know what that was, two, 2003, actually, 20 years ago, uh, it was called a call center. And we were really trying a new dynamic at the time for us, for higher education, and moving from a PBX switchboard operation of just transfer to that. And I had this opportunity to to build something that we'd never done before and, and change. And it was in that moment, it was my first supervisory job. It was just exciting. And I got to touch areas of the institution. It was in there. I decided this is the environment I want to be in. This is the environment I, I see I can thrive in and I can grow in. And with that, I, I started pursuing my degrees in, in management. Um, with Hodges University out of Naples, Florida. Um, this might might have been like the early of, uh, you know, uh, if you will, we, we weren't totally online. We did some stuff online. We did we had to meet once a week at at PHSC. So it was great as a full time employee to do that. And inside of that particular courses and programs, I learned a lot about, you know, it's a lot about, you know, there's a, the, the value of human capital, the value of um, how you manage, how you how you shape and form. I, I mean, I, I I believe in, you know, how we move projects and move things forming and, norm, and norming, if you will, on those, you know, intro to business 101. But also, I think for, for innovators and anyone that's a creator, you're also learning how to break those um, because you have to keep breaking them to reinvent and build and, and grow. When you are in control of it, it's one thing. When it's brought upon you, it's another. So I would say like the pandemic brought it upon us. It's one thing when you want to break it. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like this color. I don't like how it's, you know, it's not moving fast enough. But when something's put upon you to make to make you um, force you, if you will, you then really see the, the great um, innovation that that thrives out of that to see what we can redevelop or reimagine. It causes us to step outside of our comfort zone. And, yep. you know, even you and I had spoken, I don't know, we were together. <laughs> I don't I don't even remember when, a couple months ago. And we were talking about the pandemic and things that that happened in our lives. And like everyone, you know, we lost people, you know, things changed. And I think that sense of, you know, maybe resiliency is an overused word, but I think the more that you can really lean into an entrepreneurial mindset, it can help you get through the tough times because I, I know I do that sometimes. I'm like, oh man, what, you know, you can ask why is this happening to me? Or you can ask, you know, what what can I learn from this? Or how might I move forward? And I think those are the kinds of questions, you know, I hear you asking of the people that work with you and, and others in your institution. And those are the kinds of questions that we've been trying to ask here at NACI and really trying to figure out, like, how can we make sure that we do provide value to colleges? How can we be at the forefront and trying to move things forward? But I want to get back to something that you um, that I know about you that I think people might find to be interesting. And it's really your experience in the area of direct selling. So you come from an entrepreneurial family. You're obviously 100% all in on higher ed and learning and so on. But tell people, because sometimes people have uh, maybe somewhat negative uh, view of of what is known as as direct you know sales of some sort so maybe enlighten us you know what is it and how did you get involved in it and what have you learned from those experiences 
Well, and let me say, you know, this isn't my first foray in doing it. I did it as a kid. Um, uh, I don't know if people remember, but, I, I, you know, I'm talking back in the 80s. So my, maybe some people weren't even born yet. I don't know. But I, I, in New York, I, I used to sell greeting cards, actually. Um, and and uh, one time I even earned enough points to get a guitar. So I was really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> when I had to think about it, when you answer the question, I'm thinking, well, this isn't my first time. But but yeah, um, what I am is a Pampered Chef consultant, as well as a Color Street consultant. And um, both of those things, I'll, I'll start with one, the Pampered Chef, I began uh, in, uh, I've been doing this since 2019. And a lot of that came out of, you know, just taking a chance, saying yes. I, I really honestly didn't intend to be. Um, and uh, I've been using the product for years. I believe in the product. I, I love it. The sales person, uh, the consultant that 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 I guess signed me in. I really just wanted the quick hooker, you know. That's all I wanted, and it was like two hundred and something dollars. But if I signed up to be a consultant, it was one hundred and something dollars. And I said, I'll do that. When she told me how simple it was, I thought this isn't too hard. I can do this. And, and, um, you know, it's just learning some new systems. I think I have a great rapport with people. I cook all the time. I use the product. It it was just an an easy sell uh, to me when she talked to me and I've been doing it ever since. And I absolutely love it. I I can see myself even uh, doing this, uh, you know, full time in retirement. That's how, how passionate I am about it. Um, and then the other one came out of the pandemic. Uh, you know, I feel like some of these things just came come out. Uh, you know, it's interesting how it affects you. And the other one, Color Street, is um, nail strips that uh, don't require nail polish or and it's a fast drying agent. A lot of that was because I couldn't get my nails done and I've been getting them done for 20 years and I couldn't get them done because of the pandemic. And I had a set. I tried it. I needed more because I didn't want to look at my nails a certain way. And um, the lady said, you know, you're really great at this. And I and I'm part of me was saying, I already sell something. I have this full time job and now this and that. And I thought, well, you know what? Let me try. And I did this uh, in April in the pandemic yeah, or right around March, April, you know, not really realizing what all our world, how fast our world was going to be changing. I thought, oh, this will be fine. It'll it'll hold me over because, you know, we'll be back in May or June, not thinking it was going to be, you know, two and a half years later. (laughs) And with that, the funniest thing, it was like everything was happening so people are getting sick, of course, with COVID. So people couldn't work in the plants. Uh, their the plant, their plant, their U.S. Um, United States based plant in New Jersey. So they all of a sudden their production came slowed down. And so here I am trying to build this business, if you will, and I can't get any product. And I thought, what have I done? I you know. So I so like you say, you shift. I got a kit, and some of it was for me, but I have I had earned some. I quickly created my own inventory list and started selling that, buying what I could when I can, and then um, creating my own, you know, inventory. <laughs> so, so, so that way I could sell it. And that was just, you know, and it, for me, and you had a lot of friends, family that were in a bind just like I was. And so it started there and has just kept growing. And I, I continue to do it to this day as well. So um, mm-hmm. I, Think direct selling. Usually, you'll find that's people who who use it and are passionate about it. 
I think it's also helping people. They, you know, filling a need there during the pandemic. We did a lot of the the shows, if you will, virtually. And some people were doing, oh, I just want to do it to get together with my friends across or family across the nation. And so we would have folks from all over, um, which was great. It wasn't just in somebody's home and, you know, 10, 12 people, but we would have 60 people and they were had all their friends and family and we'd just have fun with it virtually for about a week and and have a good time and it, it it just was like a real way to stay connected with people as well, because we were, you know, as you know, all all kind of, you know, hover hunkering down in our well, homes like in a comfort way, too, because I, you know, I've never done any direct selling, but I've, I've been to numerous direct selling like parties and parties. things like that. And it is fun because you, you can be together with other, you know, other people. And if it is something that is like cooking related, I, I know a lot of people found a lot of solace uh, during the pandemic of cooking, because especially people who are busy, like the two of us, there's a lot of hours in the day, even if you have pets and family right. members and things to take care of, it's, it, it can be a lot of time to fill up so mm-hmm. that if you have some fun, like cooking things and trying new recipes, it causes that slow down time to be, you can take care of yourself and take care of your family. And what I heard you say is what I've heard others say. Like if, if you do want to dip your toe into some kind of a direct selling channel, you're not inventing a product. You're not right. necessarily doing a service. Like when I was in college, I, I worked cleaning houses. They were they were actually very expensive upscale houses. So I loved, I actually loved that job because mm-hmm. I got to go in exactly. and I'd be like, vacuuming miles of, of carpet. And I grew up in a very (laughs) middle-class family and I was like, oh man, I can't even believe people live like this. So it was, it was seeing what was out there and and the potential, but if people, Sonia, want to get in touch with you, either to learn about um, any of these, these side hustles, if you will, that you have, or to um, read a little bit more about what you're doing um, on your college, how, how do they, how do they connect with you? Do they, do you have a website or yeah, yeah. So if it's about the college, my email address is my last name, Thorn, T-H-O-R-N, and then first name, a uh, first letter of my first name, so S. So real easy, Thorns, like Thorn in your side, but just with an S, at phsc.edu. And you can always call me if you want to know about um, Pampered Chef or Color Street or, or anything else. Um, my phone number is 352-650-4600. Really, real easy. That's an easy, that's an easy one. And and um, we'll we'll include that in the description. And so so if people are sitting there thinking, oh, I could never you know, be an entrepreneur or no one in my family has ever gone uh, to school and how do I navigate this? I mean, I think um, you are just an example of how you take a, a wonderful life, but really kind of take it up to the next level. And, and despite the pandemic, despite the challenges that people have, you just keep on moving forward, which is what we are all about on uh, this podcast. So I thank you so much for sharing your story. I I thank you for being a leader along with your president, um, being one of our 15 entrepreneurial colleges of the future that are trying to reinvent the way that higher ed um, delivers education through an entrepreneurial and innovative lens. So I wish you a happy day and um, thank you for all of our listeners um, around the world that are uh, tuning in. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Uh, we're excited of being a part of a member of NACI. It's been very, very beneficial to us and our movement here in, at Pasco Nato State College and, and all the work that we're doing. So thank you again. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Becky. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI 
as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot